And I just attacked my recovery with everything I had. I mean, I attacked it one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time. And I, I would help people and I would, I would, you know, do acts of service and I would make coffee and I would, and I would read spiritual literature and I would pray every morning and I would pray every night. Hey, welcome to Authentic Talks. My name is Shantae Jennerly, and I am your host, mindset coach, as well as mentor. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. I have an awesome guest who's bringing amazing energy to the platform, and we absolutely love this energy. And he is an author as well as a speaker. He is a coach, a mentor, an entrepreneur, and I believe that there are takeaways and that this is a valuable episode that you're definitely going to enjoy. For those of you who are new to Authentic Talks, tuning in for the first time, I do wanna welcome you each personally, and I invite you and extend an open invitation for you to come back again and again. Today's guest, let me tell you a little bit more about him. He's been featured in Yahoo Finance, Boston Herald, Forbes, Business Insider, just to name a few is where he's been able to share his message. He says that he's seen his fair share of trials and tribulations from addictions to business and family, he's paid the price. He's learned many difficult lessons through his journey. He wants to show others the way out now. His mission is to help crack through years of denials and help you to connect to your enthusiasm from the Greek enthusiasmos, meaning inspiration or possession by God. You guys, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Adam Javelin to Authentic Talks, who is the author of Lotsaholic, the number one best-selling book and the creator of The Hero Project. Authentic Talks is all about authentic conversations. This show is all about growth, love, respect, success, mind, body, and spirit. If you're looking to grow and become your authentic self, then this is the podcast for you. And I am your host, Shantae. Welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here. How are you doing tonight? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Can I have you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Adam Javelin. I am the creator of The Hero Project, which is the name of my coaching, which I stumbled into, believe it or not, through my own alcoholism, addiction, and recovery, and went through my own hero's journey. And I was just voted the number one transformational life coach and recovery mentor. Learned under some of the best from my mentor, Dion to Tony Robbins, to Tim Story, David Meltzer. So I've had great teachers and I just really love helping people get through those dark times, letting them know that there's a hero inside of them. When they're done working with me, put their cape on and fly off and save somebody else. I absolutely love that. I want to really talk about this because we have like an epidemic going on. Not only did we just come out of COVID, And then we had like all of this purge of all these things that were happening with us, you know, as a country, as the whole world went through it. And then now we have the epidemic of our addiction that's now rising with depression. So I do want to talk about that. Share your story with us a bit of what did you go through? And before we dive in, can we talk about my comment I made about having a Monday mindset? I got to tell you, before I got clean and sober, 
And before I got to really find my life's calling and my mission, I could dread any day. If Saturday was my son's baseball game, I could dread that. I could dread anything that sounds like responsibility, but responsibility is the ability to respond. I love having responsibilities. I really do. But next Monday, I promise you that thought will come. The thought comes. And I'm going to remember this conversation. That's the odd part. When the thought comes and it doesn't impact you emotionally, you go, something's missing. And it sets you up to win. When you start off your Monday with a little bit of gratitude and a little bit of energy and a little bit of enthusiasm, that will carry you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you go the reverse cycle. Oh, it's Monday. And you start getting excited on Thursday for Friday, which means you're only living for the weekend, right? Which is a sad freaking existence. It's a sad existence. It's already broken. You don't know it. You're going to think it, but you won't feel it. When you can have the thought without the feeling, you start separating this, right? The conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the art, and the game starts to change. Right. So if you look at people like Kobe and you look at people like Jordan, and if you look at people like Tom Brady, what happened was a desire turned into a burning desire and the burning desire turned into love. So the daily disciplines and the daily practices actually turn into passion. And when you have love, you love something and doing it is your passion. It's way, way, way different than it's a desire with a discipline. Mm-hmm. You love the game, you have a passion for it. It's a, you love it. You love it. You don't think you're working hard. You don't realize you're working hard because you're doing what you love. That's so, so true. Right? So yeah. Michael, Kobe, Tom Brady, I can go through sports legends. I can go through the, the celebrities I work with. What has happened and what has shifted is it looks like hard work to everybody else. Every other quarterback looks at Tom Brady. He's like, how do you work so hard? He's like, I don't find this work. It doesn't compute. So that word work is like the word Monday. It's a word. He doesn't find it to be work. They find it to be work. Watching film is work. All the repetition is work. Throwing, throwing, throwing is work. Not if you love it. Right. Not if there's nothing in the world you'd rather do. The word doesn't even compute. I can see you. You got a lot of passion in you. Now let's talk about your story. I'll try to make it as fast and as quick as possible. Something happened with you in 2006. Am I going back too far? 2006, July 14th, I was intervened. I was running my family business. So that was the number one lace company. Lace meaning like Victoria's Secret, like, you know, lace, garments, you know, bras, panties. We were number one in the world. And I was a very charismatic, very outgoing, very able businessman, but I had my own demons and my own fears and my own insecurities. I love to drink. The drinking and taking Xanax or Oxycontin or Percocet or Darvocet or Ambien to sleep and all, these things were catching up to me because I wasn't, I wasn't happy in my soul. And I agreed to go to rehab. And in this rehab center. How long were you in going through that me, cycle? Oh, the drinking and drugging? Mm-hmm. Well, I started experimenting really in high school and then college drinking and drugging took over big time. Then it was work hard, play hard. And then before you know it, it's like, well, Friday, remember I told you how you could redo the week? 
I was living for Friday night and Saturday nights and Sunday was recovery. But then it was Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday, a little hair of the dog for football. And then it was Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday hair of the dog, drink all day with football. And then there's Monday night football. And then there was Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday football, drink all day, Monday night football, drink Tuesday, the NBA season. And it just kept joining me. And before you know it, alcoholism and addiction is a disease. It's a medical disease. Right, it takes four components to be a disease. It has to be progressive, it has to be chronic, it has to be primary, not secondary, and it has to be fatal. Alcoholism and addiction fits all four qualifications, which is why it's considered a disease. And I didn't realize I had a disease. I thought maybe I just was a little out of control or I had a lack of willpower in this one area. And I got the education of a lifetime, but really it was a spiritual sickness I had spiritual sick. And in this treatment center, I met the greatest doctors and therapists and Catholic priests. And it was, it's really like a, it was its own little journey. And I was relieved. I was released, let's say even from alcoholism and addiction. And I jumped into this new life with both feet with like being reborn with a new pair of eyes. And I just attacked my recovery with everything I had. I mean, I attacked it one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time. And I, I would help people and I would, I would you know, do acts of service and I would make coffee and I would, and I would read spiritual literature and I would pray every morning and I would pray every night. And I would, you know, I, I, it got to a point that people saw this working in me. So people were like, would you pray for me? I don't really believe, but I see it's working for you. And people want to know how I meditate and people want, and people just want to know. And I was helping all these people. And then before you know it, these people started having names and they were celebrities and athletes, MBA. And, and I was helping them with their alcoholism and their addiction while I'm running the number one lace company. And I'm still doing all these things and trying to help people and playing Superman. And when it was time to sell the family business, which I, I knew what I had to do, I knew what my calling was. You're considered a spiritual coach, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. These titles have been bestowed on me. I wasn't the one picking them. For me, this was really following a calling, not so much kind of what do I want to do? And there are some articles written about on it. So, you know, I'll be authentic. I hated the term life coach. Hated it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a quack. I thought it was a silly profession. I thought it was (laughs) overused. Uh, I thought Maybe there's one life coach. His name is Tony Robbins and everybody else is just a wannabe. I thought it was silly. I I just, typical Adam, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was fighting what I was. These labels were given to me. I didn't ask for it. But what I did do was I had the courage to follow it, you know, and it, it turned into the greatest career and gift that's ever been given. We were talking before we hit record and you had said that you felt that something should come first in order for people to accomplish overcoming addiction or any challenges in their life. Yeah, I so I'm a firm believer, firm, and I have the evidence from my own life and I have the evidence from the testimonials of my clients that we all should be putting our spirituality first. I've tried the other ways. I've tried when I put my body first. And look, I won bodybuilding shows natural. Like the body looked great, but it, it doesn't go all the way. And by the way, once you have a cheat meal, or once the body doesn't look great, or once you have a few bad workouts, or you have an injury and you put all your eggs in that basket, well, now you're back to where you were. 
money. I love finances. Money is a wonderful thing. It's an energy. It's an energy exchange. It allows you to, to give and to take. It, it's, it's an exchange, right? So back in the day, it was, it was um, barter, right? So if I had uh, bread and you had milk, what we would do is we would exchange that way. Right. But now it's, it's money and money is not even what we used to think it was. For me, growing up, it was dollar bills, literally dollar bills. Then before you knew it, it was online. And now there's cryptocurrency and commodities and real estate. And so money is not even what we thought money was. It's just an energy. And if you put all of your eggs in that basket, then you're literally riding this up and down roller coaster of I have money, money's out. Oh my God, I'm doing great. Oh my God, I'm going to go bankrupt. Uh, you're, you're constantly, you know what I mean? You're constantly checking the stock market, constantly checking your bank account. So obviously money can't be the answer. And some of my biggest clients are multi, 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 multi millionaires, and they still have a fear of money. So it shows you that the amount in the account is not what the fear is about. The amount in the account is not what the fear is about. I like that. I might have to use that. <laughs> so now we got money, right? Uh-huh. And now we got the body and health. I, I put, I looked at all those things. Okay. Now let's go all mindset, all mental. So you're reading every day and you're watching YouTube every day and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, 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 you're making yourself feel good. But mindset without the action, right? Mindset without the action, you look a little bit insane. Right. So you're talking a good game, but you got nothing to back it up, back it up. Right. Mm -hmm. So dreams and goals without taking action are wonderful. Wanting big, thinking big, you know, wanting the best for yourself are all wonderful, wonderful things. But not starting this podcast, just wanting it ain't going to get you there. It's the repetition. It's saying I have this podcast. It's going out there and getting people to come on. It's eventually saying to people, I have a podcast. Would you like to sponsor it? These are the people I've had on. I'm really proud of it. Please take a listen. Oh my God, I got my first sponsor. Whole Foods is doing this for me. Da, 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 right? And you grow it and you take it one step at a time. Right? So all of that and even that is fleeting. It's fleeting because then after you get the one sponsor and you get the certain amount of money for the podcast, you get that high and then it comes low again. You get that high and then, so you're still on this cycle. You're still on this Ferris wheel. But when you're in spirituality, you're in the center of the wheel. You're working on something that's been with you the whole time. It's intrinsic. It's within. You know, Jesus said spirit was like the wind. You know, he had said you had to be like wind and water. Right. And reborn, he said, you have to be reborn of the spirit. And I'm, I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know what the master taught. And what I'm trying to say is when you focus on saying prayers, meditation, hydrating the body, doing one random act of kindness every day, you know, giving to your brothers and your sisters the way you would give to yourself, recognizing that there's a higher power, in it, recognizing that you're not it going to the ocean and tell a wave to stop and it doesn't stop and realizing that there's so much going on around you that you can't explain or understand. Right now, there are whales communicating under the ocean. There are vibrations and energies being sent to airplanes flying in, giving, the, you know, giving them exact directions. We, 
They're there right now. There's somehow I could FaceTime you right now. We could be on the podcast and FaceTime each other. And I don't understand how these signals are not messing with the Zoom signals. We're on Zoom. I can't explain it. I could literally go walk down the hallway and turn the electricity on and, and turn on the button. But I have no idea how it works. I just trust it. Mm-hmm. Having that faith is spiritual. And when you actually work on that, the body is great. You have a relationship with your body. You have a relationship with your finances. You have a relationship with people. You have a relationship with your career. A healthy detachment where all of these things are happening for you and not to you. Yeah, I love that because I definitely believe that like um, that we need to have that spiritual. You have to have something greater than yourself that you're connected to. Otherwise, it feels like it would be hard to accomplish anything to me. It's that life force. Yeah. What do you say to the person who who says that I don't believe in all that stuff? I, 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 I listen very kindly, very sweetly, empathetically because I know where they're at because I was them. Oh, you didn't start your life out under, yeah. No, 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 no. I was very practical here and now. This is who I am. You know, everything was about, no, I had no concept really of all that. So when I'm talking to somebody and they don't have that, I start showing them examples, like like what the Catholic priest did to me. And I'll I'll put my fingerprints on them a couple of times. And then I'm like, do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there? And they have no idea what I'm doing. And then I'll take my UV light out and I'll put it on there and they see all my fingertips glowing. And I'm like, just because you can't see it, taste it, touch it, all the five basic senses doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And if you actually got in your car today, got, got to me here, you have faith. What the hell does that mean? If you actually got in your car and you believe for some strange reason that the person over there wasn't just going to, drive into you, you have some sort of faith. If you went and go and press the button on your electricity and you just assume the electricity was gone, you have some sort of acting faith. You just haven't applied it in all of the directions that's available. To you. Do you think that somebody has to be ready? Is there a point that you get to, or what I want to know is for you, when you're working with someone, how do you identify that that is a client that you should take on and help them through their journey, the hero's journey? So I do have an assessment. There's no doubt about it. Oh, that. okay, got it. But but when somebody's reaching out to me, normally they feel stuck or they're in pain. Those are usually the two reasons. There's, they feel stuck or they're in pain. Or actually there's a third. They feel like they're living a double life. They show everybody this smile, this charisma, the space, the money, that, but inside they're dying. They're, they're, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Which again, I think could also be used as stuck, right? Right. And each client has their own personality and each client has their own set of problems and each client has their own causes and conditions. And my job is to be a very good observer, a very good listener, and then they actually give me the tools to work with them to slowly build this out. Sometimes if they've had religious backgrounds that they really believe in, it's actually even harder for them. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You would think that it would be easier. You would think it'd be easier, but what's happened is they maybe believe in the word, 
but they don't believe in the evidence and the practicality of God, or they, they are some weird association with, you know, I've done this, I've prayed, I've done, and I don't get what I want, right? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I've heard that. Like, they feel like God is not answering their prayers, or, or they, feel, they feel like they, he can't hear them. That's yeah. what I've heard people yeah. say. Like, I pray, he can't hear me. I First off, sometimes God, I, I believe God does things anonymously. I believe that all prayers are answered. Sometimes the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's this fine line that I call the beam, right? You're walking on the beam. And the fine line of the beam is this. God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, removing alcohol is an addiction. I've seen stories and heard thousands of moms that were able to get the energy to lift a car to save their children. I mean, these are not good. Look on YouTube and see millions of them. God will do for you what you can't do for yourself. It's happened millions of times. And now in today's era, this information era with YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Zoom, there are so many miracles that are documented, it would blow your mind, right? Having said that, there's a flip side. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. So many times when someone's like, well, God's not answering my prayers. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you willing to do to help yourself? Yes. There was this beautiful uh, photo that I used to see some years ago where there was these footprints on the sand. In the sand. Yeah, I used to have that in my house. It was like where Jesus was really carrying the person or God's carrying them through. One night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord across the dark sky flash scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and the other one to the Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many times along the path of my life, especially in the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints I don't understand why I needed you. When I need you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever during the trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I love that. It always would give me like this, almost like goosebumps, you know, like where I'd be like, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. I used to have that in my house. I love that share. I think there's a lot of truth to it. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's what it sounded like you were, when you were sharing, I was, it reminded me of that. I'm like, heck yeah, that is so true with the explanation point. When we talk about self-care, how does that all fit in with our hero's journey? It's very important to first know that self-care is not selfish. And it's very, this is very hard for me to talk about. And I'll tell you why, because everything that I'm about to say, I have a little boy in me that wants to argue with. Why is, oh, we got to talk about that too. (laughs) Because I love my kids. I love my kids. They're my juice. 
And the idea that if a plane is going down, I have to put the mask on me first. Oh, I hear before you. Before I put it on them feels wrong. Yeah. Feels wrong. And yet, if I don't put the mask on me first, there's a good chance I can pass out and then I'm guaranteeing that they die. So you have to take care of the self. You need to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to others. So it's self, it's not selfish, it's self-care. And the way to feel good are the ways that are too boring to talk about, but it is proper hydration, stretching, moving the body a little bit, maybe even getting a little sweat, prayer. Even if you don't believe, asking something greater, greater than you, some life force, some destiny, if you don't believe in the word God, to carry you and be with you that day, to do something kind for somebody. To do esteemable acts, Adam, what's an esteemable act? Well, how's this? You took, you went grocery stop shopping, you took the cart out, returned the cart. Something that small is an esteemable act. Opening the door for an old lady is an esteemable act. Actually having somebody go before you in a line saying you need to use the ATM, go ahead, is an esteemable act. Doing these things are actually self-care it's making you feel better and that that's what you're transmitting to the world i love so that when you don't do that and you don't hydrate and you don't move your body and you don't take care of yourself and you don't read wonderful beautiful things and you don't pray and you don't journal and you don't do one random act of kindness and it's all about you and the world's about you and everything revolves around you well eventually you're going to piss a lot of fucking people or if you're the loving this person, people are going to feel that it's not 100% authentic and they're going to feel like every time they're with you, there's some sort of deal. Oh, you're good to me because I can give you this. You're the, if there's always some exchange. People won't even want to be around you because it's not authentic. Right. I love that. What is recovery? Can we talk about that process? Like when you went through that, for people who say that those programs don't work, you just proved to us that it does work when you're getting in the right one and understanding the correct connection that you need to have. They Listen, it works if you work it. That's what we always say. And people like that are cynical. And I can give an example to every single institution, you name it where it's not the institution, it's the people in it. Let's just use something big and easy. The United States government is beautiful, built on democracy and freedom and the right for happiness, right? Right, yes, absolutely. The people in the government, not so great. Not so great. All across the aisle, all across the genders, all across the colors, flat out. A bunch of BS going on, you know? Okay. (laughs) I love sports. Work with a lot of athletes, okay? NFL, if you look at the rates of beating their wives or hitting them or drugs or cocaine, right? The NFL is a beautiful sport. It is a wonderful sport. It is a manly physical contact sport. People in it can be shitty. Same with the NBA. Same with Major League Baseball. Catholic Church. Protestant church, all churches, right? Built on something holy, spiritual. It's not the church and it's not the teachings of the church. It's the weird Catholic priest that's touching little boys. It's the people. It's the people affecting the institution. So recovery is a blessed thing. 
But if you get somebody that comes in and stops drinking and stops doing drugs, but starts manipulating women and then is doing bad negative things or stealing or not paying their taxes. And eventually this kind of behavior goes on and on. You can only live with a guilty conscience for so long and they start drinking or using drugs again. You give these things a bad name, but there's nothing, nothing wrong with people of recovery. All the 12 step fellowships, all the churches, all the synagogues, all the mosques, you know I mean, there was a thing for a while there, people loved it. It's called hot yoga. It was called Bikram yoga, right? It was a phenomenon. What was it? It was called, it was Bi- called Bikram yoga. It was oh. a, hot yo- in a hot yoga room. It was a phenomenon about a decade ago. Then they found out Bikram was molesting a bunch of women. So now they removed his name. Okay. And they have, it's the same hot yoga practice. They don't call it, everyone called it Bikram for the longest time because it's not the yoga practice is still beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was the guy. Right. So that's what I say to them. When you were going through your recovery program and or like the recovery process, you actually had a connection with God. God, when we're saying spirituality, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, spirituality is not religion, but it does educate my religion. Mm-hmm. Okay? Spirituality means way of life or breath of life. That's actually what it means. Mm. So it's the way you live. It's the, it's the way you breathe. It's the way you conduct yourself. And you can have healthy spirituality and unhealthy spirituality, and you could see it in people. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy spirituality, people are looking down. They're going, oh, um, they can't find their words. They feel some weird vibe between them. Something doesn't feel honest. doesn't feel right. Healthy spirituality, right? Because it's the spirit. Healthy spirituality, the eyes are open. They find their words easily. There's a celebration and enthusiasm with them. They want it. They're they're happy to be alive. They're they're happy to be talking to you. But spirituality is like muscles. So you cannot get more spiritual. It's impossible. I cannot get more muscles. I am born with all the muscles I ever needed. I can make it bigger. I can make my bicep bigger. Bigger healthier, stronger. I can't get another bicep. I can't get more. What I have, I can enhance. I can make my pectorals bigger, but but I can't get another pectoral. I cannot get another, you can't get more spirituality. God gives you all the spirituality you ever gonna need. It's your job to exercise it, make it healthier, stronger, water it, nutrition it like a plant. So spirituality is a way of life or breath of life. That is the pure definition of it from Webster. That was good. So when you started the journey and you were building your relationship and watering it and all of those things, like I felt crazy. It looked crazy. And I felt crazy. That's the truth. I would say a prayer and felt ridiculous. I, I, I would literally start my prayer with like, yo, because <laughs> if hey. God if God's real, then he knows I talk the way I talk and I'm not going to learn all this the thou nonsense. Right? right. And so I start, it was almost like I was testing it. Like I was like cynical. I was like, well, what is God? So what? Like God's like Tinkerbell. Like, like I say something, you, you ha- wish a happy thought and Tinkerbell comes and I could fly to Never Never Land. Like the whole thing just seems so freaking ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. What I'm here to tell people is, yeah. That's actually what it's kind of like if you have the courage to try. If you have the courage 
for 28 days in a row, 10 days in a row to try a God diet and talk to this power and ask this power for help and look for signs and be open to it and try. I'm telling you, you'll be like, you'll freak yourself out. Wow. I love it. <laughs> because it's real. Yes. And that's scary. Because does that mean I've been ignoring it the whole time? Does that mean it's been judging me because I'm not paying attention to it? Does that mean I've been a bad boy? No, this power has just been all loving, all knowing, caring for you the whole time. That's impossible. Do you know the time that I cursed this guy out? Do you know the time I'm with this girl, but I saw this other girl, I thought she was hot? Do you know, that's you judging you. No, 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 I know God. I know God would hate that. And you just walk yourself out of spirituality. Mm -hmm. You walk yourself out of, a, out of a relationship with this power because it's too good to be true. I love that. Yeah. So tell me about the Heroes Project. What is the project about? Well, I chose those words in very, very intentionally. It's the naming of my coaching. And the project is my client. It's not a program. Oh. Okay? So it's not my, I mean, obviously there is a curriculum that we will be getting to at certain times, but it's to the individual. So if it was the Hero Program, like a 12 step program or like P90X or everything would be set and it would all be the same, right? If you and I did a program together, we're doing the same program, mm -hmm. right? We're doing chest and back, we're doing shoulders and arms or we're doing the first and second and third step. We're not, the pro, when it's a project, there's room for flexibility. There's room to make changes. There's room to say like, so my client is the hero. And they are the project. And within three months, I get them to build to be the hero that they always want to be. Could look like Superman, could look like Wonder Woman, could look like Neo and Morpheus from the Matrix, could look like Michael Jordan, could look like Kobe Bryant, could look like a super soccer mom. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's the hero they always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But it's a project. I'm not putting through this Adam Javelin curriculum. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so flexibility. The words very carefully. That is a good project. And the reason why is because not everybody has the exact same issues. They might come in and want to address something completely different, you know. And, you know, I actually, believe it or not, I actually got it the way it hit a spark in my head. This may sound really ridiculous, but I'm a kid of the 80s. So I grew up in, in Jersey. And I remember in art class, we would have projects. Like, it, I never had a program in an art class, I had projects. And it was very, you know, whatever, you know, paper mache and sticks and glue and stickers. And, but you would put this thing together. Well, that's what I'm doing with my clients. It's not a program. It's not, we're going to do this and that. And you got you to paint red in the color number three. You got to paint yellow here. No, this is like, let's get you to be the person you always wanted to be. And that is not me predicting it. That's a program. I like that. And so you work with them directly? Oh, yeah. Like one-on-one? One-on-one. -on -one. Oh, all right. But I'll tell you a secret. You know, all these heroes that I've met, it's really interesting. All that fame and all that money leaves when you're sitting there helping them and they're crying. So money isn't the root of all happiness? Unfortunately <laughs> not. You know, I've heard it on both sides. I've heard if I had money, I know I would be happy. Or I've heard, I don't want to have a lot of money because it's connected to evil. 
I think you money is a beautiful, I think money is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to use, access, exchange with, grow, to have new experiences with, to help. It, it's an energy. And if you hate money, you will block money, you know? And if you love money, you will attract money. But if there's a part of you that's greedy or there's a part of you that doesn't want the other person to win, or there's a part of you that doesn't like to share, you know, they call that gluttony. They call that gel. There's seven deadly sins. Uh-huh. So money will only really only show you who you really are. It'll just magnify who you are. That's all it does. You're that a hoarder, you'll, people will see it in a larger way. But if you're a giver, people will see it in a larger way. You know who used to give away a lot of money back in the day? And that's how I found out about Tony Robbins, Oprah. She used to give away a lot of stuff. Some people would say it was only for tax purposes, but I believe what you said that money definitely just brings us uh, to a place where we get to see more of who we really are. Well, I don't like name dropping and this and that, but I've been, I've been in privilege to be around his company quite a bit now. Which one? Tony. Tony? And what I could tell you is what you see is what you get. That guy is the real deal. So he's everything advertised and then some. Wow. That's awesome. You've been able to like work with Tony collab and be in the same space. uh, I've been in, I've been in, yeah, I've been in the same room and helping similar people and, and learn from him quite a bit. You know, without going into his story or all of that, I just want to be able to say that, like, just know that that guy is as advertised. That guy is the real deal. So he's legit. <laughs> that's good. They come. He's as legit as they come. Oh, that's good stuff. Good to know. The way I like to show it is not just how he is to all of his fans or people like us that are learning from him or privileged to, to be acquainted with him and where I really see it is his relationship with his wife. Truly a man of integrity. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Relationships. Can we talk about that a little bit? Of course. What does a healthy relationship look like? Do you help your clients with that side? Yeah, but I unfortunately, it's like everything in my life. I'm really good at helping them in relationships because I came out of a, a failed marriage after 20 years. And no infidelity, nothing like that. Boy, that almost would be easy. I got to tell you, cheating would make things easy, you know? Then you have somebody to blame. (laughs) Then I was the bad guy or she was the bad guy. But when it's really, when two people really grow apart, it is challenging. And I was somebody that, why it was so humbling for me is, I was somebody that would say, you know, if you really want to make it work, if you really want to make, you can make it, you can make anything work. And I got to tell you, that's not true. Because it takes two. It takes two. Yeah, it takes two. And it takes two to really, really want it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Well, you know what? You do have good advice for us because you can share what not to do. So let me tell you what not to do, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Then I can tell you what to do in my new relationship, but I'll tell you what not to do. And it's scary. What my ex-wife and I did was after we fell in love, 
marriage is a is a relation it's 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 like something you build together it it takes two to build it and within that you should both be each other's first priority always well always your man always always your man should always be your man you should always be his girl you two come before the kids you guys show each other that you show each other how important your love is you show important that you how unified you are you argue aside but you show how unified you are you are more important than each other's parents you are more important than each you you serve one another, you love one another, you do not compete with one another, you, you, you play with one another. And what we did was her parents were more important. And then my parents were more important. And our two beautiful children were way more important. And everything came before date nights and everything came before romance and everything came before our friendship and everything came before our own private goals and our own private missions. And before we know day after day, month after month, year after year, we don't even know who the hell each other. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. She thought I was somebody that was broken and she fixed me. I looked at her as some controlling monster that doesn't (laughs) understand what I am. And the truth of it was we... We, we let the marriage go 15 years earlier. Wow. And you could go a long time with vacations and pictures and baseball and dance practice. And, and you could go a long time with a lot of wonderful events and family get-togethers. There's two people in a relationship. When the kids are in bed and the parents are away and the careers, wherever it is, there are two people and if they don't really know each other and they don't really love each other, it ain't going to work. At what point could you stop the bleed? I think we both tried. You know, I don't look at it as a failed marriage. I say it's a failed marriage. I look at it as a gift, but it was a painful gift. And the gift for me was a lot of also humility. Because I was somebody that, thank God, before I got into this wonderful career, I would have said, if you wanted to work, you could write and, and to understand. You know, you kind of remind me of Tony Robbins. <laughs> and what I mean is the energy that he carries. I appreciate that. Yeah. I know that. And he uh-huh. that. Yeah. Where I want to say is when you really find that partner and you really find that love, their needs become yours and their goals become yours. And, just, and, and, you know, it's okay for children to know that your love comes first. And it's Ooh, okay. I like that. It's okay for children. Like that, that's how you got here. That's how you got here. And I am learning what is to be in a real relationship and what it is to have courage to share. Like I got afraid to even share after a while because I felt like no matter what I shared, I'd be criticized. Mm. And then it just becomes like, well, now I'm not going to share because I don't want to be critical. It turns it right where it takes courage to be vulnerable. It takes courage to be criticized. It takes courage to grow, you know? So love is a lot of courage. You know, it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. And what I would say is you've got to make each other the priority. Which is a big 
problem that a lot of people have nowadays is there is work and school and the kids and the the this thing and the that thing and the I'm tired well, thing and right like think about <laughs> what we're saying yeah it's very di- like it's I would love to be wrong yet the Bible says it's so every teacher and preacher and practitioner says the love is most the most important, right? So everything I'm teaching is not from me. It's from these unbelievable teachers and scriptures and love and man and woman. And then as much as I want to be wrong and I want to say, no, baseball practice comes first and dance comes first and this thing, this event for work comes first and this, you know, this, this, this dinner event comes first. Well, then why do we have a 55% divorce rate? Why am I in the majority? Right. That totally makes sense. So yeah. That, there comes a time that you just have to look at the facts and say, we all want to be the best mommy and we all want to be the best daddy and we all want to have the best career and we all want to be the highest achievers. But if you're really in love, you, you got to make, you got to make each other a priority because everything is built on that relationship. I like that share. And I think that it's good because after we went through COVID, the divorce rate went up even higher and it was because people were trapped in their homes with one another and they didn't, they discovered they didn't even like each other. And it was because they had work and school and all this, these things going on and they didn't know who each other were anymore. You know, Matt, listen, I, I, I just need to know. I just need to be able to tell people I've been there. I've been there. So, you know, now I found- Did you start a new relationship? I did, but I I wasn't looking. And um, I gone through some healing, a lot of healing. And this angel in my life, she really is. We do things that I've never done before. We, you know, we swam with sharks, but we have a, a day designated to each other. And we share very vulnerable with one another. And we push each other, by the way. And I don't mean physical. I mean, like, we don't let things linger. And we really- take a look and we look at what old stories were playing. Like, you know, when you were talking about Monday, I got it because I could do that even in my old relationship. I could bring my old marriage and my old relationship into this current relationship. I know that sounds crazy. They're two totally different women, but I could bring my old behaviors and my old beliefs into this. The fact that you have the awareness that you do it, though, is a beautiful thing because now you're on a conscious level where you're able to go, "Uh oh, let me you can recognize it because I think when you can't recognize it is when it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'm learning and possibly for the first time how much courage it takes to really love. It's easy to to get in the bed and it's easy to feel good and snuggle and it's easy to make love and it's easy to go on dinner dates and it's easy to, but like to really love, to really rip your heart and soul out and say, this is who I am and and this is what I stand for. and Where can I grow to be better? And what do you see in me that I can work on? But at the same time, all right, I'm not going to be a people pleaser. I think you could work on that and actually really, Wow. Ugh, I used to be the people pleaser. It's oh, sucks. Me too. It's me sucks. Too. It, it gets so yeah, it's draining. And you don't even know that you're that way. And then once you discover it, it is so freeing. Hey, look, I'm a recovered people pleaser too. I'm a recovered alcoholic. I'm a recovered addict. You know, you name it, I'm recovered from. 
Well, hey, I love the fact that like you have some gifts that you can share. That means like you got a whole toolbox of tools, right? With the gray hair, you know? But you know what? That gray hair looks good on you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you look like your photo. (laughs) I was like, oh, you look just like your photo. That's so awesome, you know? So basically in relationships, your tool or tip that you're leaving for everyone is that you need to put your relationship first. Where does self-care come in in your relationship? Oh, well, then let's use I statements. Let me be very clear. I have a date. My girl's love language is quality time. And we both have very wonderful, prominent careers. So we take one day where it's the days designated to nothing but us. She still would like more. I wish I could do more, but we both have lives and children. Now, even in that day, I have an asterisk time for my prayer, my meditation, and my run. Well, that's good because you can't just dump that out the window. So think about that. That now, what they call that is a dance. That is a collaboration. That is a compromise, right? As in, I'm giving you this day, but like, it's impossible to truly give you 24 hours of my time, right? I'm sleeping there both nights. We're going to go have a most wonderful day. But if you want the Adam that you love, I need about an hour and a half just for me. I love that. That person is the one you love. If you want that hour and a half, I'll give it to you to be a people pleaser, but you're not going to see me in my best game. I'll get a little cranky. I may be a little short when I'm hungry. You know what I mean? I may, you know, if you say, hey, honey, you're on the phone, but then you are on the phone later, I may see something snippy rather than, <laughs> t- rather than saying like, hey, you know, something sweet, like, you know, hey, there's two of us. Remember the rules? I may be like, well, that's fucking something. Ain't that fucking something, right? Why? Because I'm not happy inside. Right. Why? I didn't take care of myself. Well, how is that going to look? Because what if she's in a bad mood? You know what I mean? By the end of this special day, we may break up. Right. You definitely don't want that self-care come. It's essential. Right on you guys tuning in. Do you hear this? This is essential that you continue self-care because sometimes what happens is people get lost in the relationship and they stop doing all the things that they were doing before they got in it. And then now they hate the person that they're with because they're like, I don't feel good about myself. Do you remember when you asked me, uh, some people say this and this and this about recovery what do you say about you actually just broke down what really happens to stay clean and sober or to stay recovered from anything. It does take specific actions. Okay. And people stop doing them, Right. So I can actually show you, Hey, listen, God, I'm going to say it, although I'm uncomfortable saying it because of how much as a kid, I idolized them. But like my favorite player of all time is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is about 30 pounds overweight. (laughs) Right now? Yeah. Oh, Because he he stopped doing the things just because you're Michael Jordan doesn't mean that biological science doesn't apply to you. So when you don't burn the calories that you're used to burning and you're eating possibly the same way and you're drinking more and you're smoking more cigars, your body will show it. And- Okay. Yeah. So nobody gets at it. You stop doing what it takes. You'll lose it. 
So basically in life, we got to keep pedaling. If we want the bike to continue, we got to keep pedaling. You can't stop. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. Period. Period. That's so true. It's absolutely true. For our listeners that are tuning in who are hearing you and yep. they're like, this, he sounds like Tony Robbins. You do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you sound like yourself, but you guys are similar. Does that make sense? I listen. Yeah. It's like, I now, could see the, I could see your. Having met him now, I take it as a, as a real compliment. His wife, Sage gave me the sweetest compliment in the world. She said, I have sweeter energy, uh, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. It, it takes a lot for me to admire somebody. My father and Dion, who's my mentor, is like rock and roll Hall of Famer. I can't tell you what, specifically Dion, to, like what he's done. For, if somebody asked me, what would I want my legacy to be? Tony Robbins talks about this man named Jim Rohn all the time. Jim Rohn was the first Tony Robbins and he was Tony Robbins' mentor. And Tony Robbins took all of Jim Rohn's material and then of obviously everything else he learned for and pushed out to a higher level and made a name for himself. Well, my dream would be to take all of Dion's information and to push it out to, to show my mentor how much I love him and respect him and what he's taught me and, and, and push that out to the world and then do something similar. Good you know? stuff. Yeah. yeah. But the reason I'm bringing him up is like, I think all of us have these preconceived ideas of who we may think that guy was, you know, cause his name is, it's just, it's like saying Michael Jordan in basketball. Like if you say something like motivational or inspirational, nine out of 10 times, someone's going to say Tony Robbins. Right. And then, then his name got so big, it comes with your own preconceived notion of who you think that is. Is he a snake oil salesman? Does he just keep repackaging everything? Is he, uh, you know what I mean? Is he, uh, and I'm here to tell you that guy is as authentic as they get. Wow. Boy, oh boy. That's good. Boy, stuff. Oh boy. Yeah. His integrity is a 10 out of 10. Mm. And when he does something, he shows up. That's something. If someone says something about, about me, that's what I'll do. Like, listen, I don't care if it's you and I on this or if I'm on Joe Rogan or I just want to show up as Adam each and every time. Yes. I don't want to play down to certain people and play up to other people. And You know what I mean? Just yeah. show up as Adam. That's it. Well, Adam, I think that you're doing a great job. I absolutely love your project and I love how you explained it. I feel like this conversation for me, I feel like I'm taking something away from it. Yeah, I really do. And I'm not just saying that if someone wanted to connect with you so that they could be a part of the heroes project, how can they connect? So I made everything as simple as possible, right? When I was building this out. So really it's Adam Javelin on Instagram, Adam Javelin on Facebook, Adam Javelin on LinkedIn. We're starting a YouTube channel. We're starting the Hero Project podcast soon. I have, for people that can't afford me one-on-one, but they have some serious alcoholism addiction problems. I made an online course called Wake Up discover recovery. You can discover what this new life is about. And, and I'm, I'm accessible. You know, I return every DM. I now have a team that will make sure we return every DM. I treat every single individual the way I would want to be treated. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Adam Jablin, J-A-B-L-I-N. I even love your last name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, thank you for having me. And remember my little 
special advice to you personally was keep that background no matter where you go because you have a symbol there that like like a symbol but think about what i'm saying like like not everybody has a great symbol like that you do that enough when people see that they're going to think of you and you'll okay. be synonymous yeah it's very cool what you design wow you can be proud of that thank you thank you thank you I absolutely enjoyed talking with Adam. Thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with me. The Hero Project, you guys. Be sure to check out Adam's website, his first and last name, adamjablin.com. I appreciate you coming on and sharing that energy with all of us. We absolutely need that energy. It was really interesting to go through the process of like the Monday thing or the Monday syndrome is all pretty much like bullshit and that Monday is just another day and it's about getting rid of the stigma or those beliefs that we have built up around what Mondays are. So if you have anxiety coming on Sunday night, breathe. He left some pretty cool tips, so that was really awesome. You heard the show. I thought it was an awesome episode. I really enjoyed like all of Adam's story and his shares and I would say if I could give you guys one word to describe what I felt when talking with Adam, it would definitely be the word authentic. Definitely authentic. If you enjoyed this episode and found that it brought value in your life, please be sure to share with family and friends. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the show. That way you won't miss an episode once I upload a show. And don't forget, all of the information, again, is located in the show notes. Don't forget that Adam's book is available now on Amazon, titled Lotsaholic. From a sick to sober Superman. I'm sending you all tons and tons of positive energy. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm Shantae with Authentic Talks.